Welcome to the Nutra Narratives Podcast. I am your host, Gigi Naval. This is the place where dietitians and dietetic students share their stories centered around food to all things nutrition in order to inform, empower, and bring some inspiration to your day. You're listening to episode 36, which is another back-to-back-to-back-to-back tea break episode. My guest is registered dietitian James Lucas. Not only is he a dietitian, but he is also an exercise physiologist. So, he delivers his passion of sports nutrition and all things nutrition to those he serves. If you have a moment to check out his Instagram account, I can definitely say that it is nutritionally entertaining and, of course, educational. So, grab your favorite tea, sit back, and enjoy my conversation with James. Well, hello, James. Welcome to the Nutri-Narratives podcast. I'm so excited to have you with me. Thank you, Gigi. I'm excited to be here as well. Thank you. And I'm going to give a shout out really quickly to Earl Macasso because he connected the two of us. So, thank you, Earl. Thank you, Earl. Thank you, Earl. Hope all is well, Earl. (laughs) Yay. You know, you were just telling me that you're in Texas and it's about 100 degrees. Absolutely. Summertime, heat is blazing. Yeah. For sure. (laughs) And that's how we're feeling here, too, in in California. So we're we're in the same boat. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I I like the heat. I'm I'm not shying away from it. So I enjoy when it gets nice and hot, a lot of good sun. Ah, there you go. For me, I can't really do well in the heat, so all my workouts are way early in the morning when it's still really nice and cool. (laughs) Certainly. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I try to get out and get into the water, if anything, to try to stay cool, you know, do some laps in the pool. Oh, that is awesome. Fantastic. Okay, so James, first of all, because you're a registered dietitian nutritionist, can you please give us a background of your your academic background, your career, what you're doing now? Oh yeah, certainly. So um, my interest for nutrition stimulated from a a young age. Um, I'm a sports dietitian, you know, by trade, if you will. And um, in middle school, I played a lot of sports, um, football, basketball, track, karate, baseball. And um, during that time, I was always interested in how could I be the best athlete possible? And I knew that practicing was important, you know, working out and eating good, you know, was important too. But I really didn't know what nutrition was or what exact foods to eat. So um, I think maybe around um, eighth grade or so, I started to um, take supplements. And my dad, he would take me to GNC. And um, I would just take like the whey, whey protein shakes, you know, uh, here and there. And I remember friends coming over and they would be like, man, what's this protein shake you making? <laughs> and I'd be like mixing up stuff for them, you know. Uh-huh. i good about it. Like, man, you got to try this shake. It's delicious, et cetera. You were a budding dietitian during eighth grade already. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So... Uh, I started getting interested. It was supplements, really, that was my thing, because I was like, man, I want to know how to be bigger, stronger, faster. And um, back then, Mark McGuire was smacking home runs, and he got big and stuff. And, you know, then he said it was creatine. So I was like, man, I want to take creatine, because I want to be jacked, and I want to be the best athlete. And I'm looking to take any advantage that I can. So 
Um, I had a good friend that we used to work out together, actually. We had our first gym membership when I was about 12 years old. Wow. Um, yeah, his, he had older brothers, and his brothers used to take a bunch of supplements. And I remember always looking at his cabinet, looking like, man, what is that stuff? So um, one day I knew about creatine, and I said, hey, can I get some creatine? And um, he ended up giving me a cup, a half a cup of uh, creatine in a, like a plastic container thing. Wow, so, he was generous. Yeah, I know, right? I remember smashing the cup down and riding my bike home about a, a two mile or a half a mile ride. And when I got home, my dad told me I couldn't take it. And that's what started to fuel my, my passion for nutrition because I wanted to research what is creatine, how does it help you, and is it safe? And that was my first research project. Uh, and I remember reading these articles online and it said it was totally safe and that you can take it and all this. So I kept asking my dad, I don't get it. Why can't I take this? <laughs> so fast forward uh, throughout high school, eventually my dad did let me start taking creatine because his buddy was a bodybuilder and he said it, it will be, be okay. But I was taking it. I was scrutinized by my coach. He didn't really know what it was, you know, but um, I, I started to kind of get interested in nutrition then. And I was like, how about, this cereal, what is this stuff in this cereal? What's on the nutrition facts? How's mm -hmm. helping my body? So um, I didn't even know that there was dietetics. And when I got into college, I went to the University of Connecticut. They had a nutrition program, but I went into kinesiology because I was interested in sports, you know, athletics. I had to take a nutrition class at the time. And when I took the course, I was like, what is this? This is super interesting. I was <laughs> my friends to class and everything. Like, hey, guys, come check this out. <laughs> Awesome. I love cool. it. You know? Uh -huh. So, um, you know, I didn't know exactly what I was doing, but I did have a divine intervention during that time. And I was sitting at a bus stop and this lady randomly, I, I didn't know who she was or anything. She started asking me, hey, what do you like to do? What's your passion? And I started describing what I like to do. And she said, you should call this person. And I'm like, okay. It ended up being a, um, a manager for this company down near my hometown. And it was a 4-H uh, cooperative extension. And they had a nutrition education program. I went on an interview that hired me right there. And uh, from there, I really started learning about nutrition and how to actually um, you know, be a presenter in front of folks. And we did a lot of community nutrition, et cetera. But I still didn't know what nutrition was or, or, or as a study. Uh -huh. Into my sophomore year of college, that's when I met the Dean of the College of Agriculture. And he told me about nutrition. And I was like, wow, I want to get into this field. And I started studying it. Um, you know, long story short, got through all the programs or coursework. And um, once I graduated, I um, started working as a WIC nutritionist. And uh, that was my first job out of college. I wasn't quite a registered dietitian yet, but I kept myself on a course so that I could go back to school and take those courses on baking cakes and things of that nature. That, that wasn't my passion. I wanted to know how to build muscles. <laughs> After working one year in WIC nutrition, I uh, went back to school at the University of Connecticut just to take 12 credits because that's all I needed to be eligible for an internship. And um, I started working as a dietetic technician at Yale Hospital. Mm -hmm. And um, during that time frame, I was able to build relationships with the dietitians, et cetera. And I got into the internship um, there, you know, following my coursework and uh, went through that. And I always wanted to get into sports nutrition, but I ended up working in oncology. 
and um, worked in on for the Yale Cancer Center in radiation oncology. Wow. Funny thing is, that coursework or that actual area was not my, my primary interest, and it was the hardest uh, rotation Ooh. in my internship, I remember. And um, in fact, I went over my coursework after my rotation because I didn't do as well as I would have liked. I got like an 88 or something of that nature. But I went back and did all the assignments again and got like a 98. You know, just, just out of, um, just because my uh, preceptor had higher expectations for me. Wow. So it was funny that I ended up getting into cancer when it was the worst rotation for me that I didn't like. Amazing. But I ended up really loving it and enjoyed, you know, working with the patients and so forth. So got it. your question and not to get too long-winded as far as my career. No, that's okay. I love, I love hearing it all. Certainly. So after going through uh, radiation oncology, I worked in that setting for five years. And, um, you know, really for me, my passion is really demonstrating the effects of supplementation. Um, yes, food is primary. But I want people to be able to be directed in the right way as far as like what supplements to take and how they can have an influence on uh, patient outcomes, which is what led me to working with Abbott Nutrition. Right. And as you know, we work with a lot of the hospitals and the dietitians, and I'm extremely passionate about looking at all the literature, all the research, and I want to see if we can improve patient outcomes by just even a little bit. Right. Because radiation oncology and in cancer, we're looking to optimize life as much as possible. Any inkling of uh, longevity, I will recommend it for the patients as long as I see that it's safe, something that they can tolerate, et cetera. So in my setting, as a clinical liaison with Abbott Nutrition, I look at every possible opportunity based upon the supplements that we have for patients and how that can help improve outcomes. If we can give them a one-day reduction in length of stay. We can improve their wound healing. You know, if we can reduce readmissions, let's look at it all and implement it. So um, I've been working now with Abbott Nutrition for um, over five years. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what led me to where I am today. And we'll talk more about my side business that I have as well. Yes, I definitely want to talk about that too. So, wow, I, I love your background of, of you working in clinical dietetics because it really has built a great foundation in your knowledge base. But it it then led you to seek this current position with Abbott though, which I just see the, the flow work so beautifully, the transition. Oh, certainly, absolutely. Mm -hmm. yes. Okay, wow, so that's what you do. And because you have been working with patients in which you do want to improve life expectancy, even if it's for a day or a week or a month. So that means you're also working on their immune system and okay. also improving it as much as possible. That's certainly correct. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so that is another main reason why I invited you to speak is, can you please share with us especially going through COVID-19 times, but not just through with um, COVID-19, but other, other bugs that we might catch easily. How can we strengthen the immune system so that we can continue having quality of life for everybody? Oh yeah, certainly. You know, the immune system is so complex, so interesting. And um, it's something that works, um, you know, unconsciously. We don't really know what's happening on a day-to-day -day basis, but we have our physical barriers that support our immune system. So our skin, 
our, um, our hair, you know, our gastrointestinal system, uh, which is where the nutritional component comes into play because we know that over 70% of our immunity is within our gut. So when we're thinking about, you know, how can we optimize our immunity, we have to think about what can we do on a day-to-day -day basis. And being that I'm a dietitian, I'm going to uh, emphasize and try to elevate the role of nutrition. Yeah. So um, primarily from that perspective, we want to have a well-balanced diet. Um, of course, that's, you know, baseline. What does that entail? Uh, so we want to try to include plenty of fruits, vegetables, lean protein, uh, which would help us to extrapolate a lot of the vitamins and minerals that really have a very key role in supporting the immune system. Um, when we're talking about the different components of immunity, we have the physical barrier that we mentioned, but when that physical barrier fails, for example, now with COVID-19, if someone says not wearing a mask or they didn't wash their hands efficiently, and we get those microbes or viruses that now get into our nasal cannula, uh, now gets into our respiratory system, we have to rely on our secondary immune uh, components, which is our innate immunity. And our innate immunity is where those biochemical factors come into play, where you know, we have cytokines and you know, um, leukocytes, et cetera, that are coming in to identify the virus and fight it off. Well, those cells need to be fueled by nutrition, by specific nutrients like vitamin D, vitamin C, vitamin E, vitamin A. So you don't need a supplement per se with all of those, but making sure you're eating a well-balanced diet with those fruits, vegetables, and proteins will help you to extrapolate those nutrients so that you're optimally fighting off those infections when they get past our physical barriers. Um, and then when looking at supplementation, I think vitamin D is um, really one of the more critical nutrients that folks should consider supplementing with. Um, and if you have the opportunity, of course, getting that level checked with your physician first to find out how much you might need a supplement with. But in general, taking a 2,000 unit um, baseline vitamin D supplement may be helpful. Um, additionally, vitamin C, folks may take vitamin C at a high dose as a preventive measure. Um, I personally feel like a 200 milligram of vitamin C is sufficient per day, which you can get from foods. So you should be really looking at those citrus fruits and vegetables as a part of your well-balanced diet. So I think those are some core principles from a um, diet perspective, but there's other pieces as well, uh, such as physical activity, adequate rest, and stress management by having, say, uh, spiritual balance or spiritual intervention, as, as, um, having good mental health uh, practices. That is excellent. You know what, James, I agree with you. You said this already a few minutes ago, um, but you were saying that, yes, we do promote eating foods, whole foods, and that is where our baseline should come from. But we should not shy away from supplements. And I am on the same page with you on that. And that is also what I preach also with my clients, patients in the past. And especially when it comes to vitamin D, even, I, I mean, I live in California, but yeah. I'm not always out in the sun every day because I'm working inside. So many Absolutely. of us Californians do have vitamin D deficiencies. So Certainly. what kind of um, recommendations do you make for vitamin D supplementation? I know you said first you would have the client or individuals have their levels checked so that we know how much, but 2000 I use, that's usually a good starting place. 
what else, Certainly. what other advice do you give? Absolutely. You know, when looking at vitamin D, we know that it is the sunshine vitamin and we can produce 90% of our vitamin D from sunlight exposure. However, there are some variables that we should be mindful of with that sunlight exposure. Uh, for one, it's about the time of day. So if you're not getting outside between 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., then that means you're not getting a sufficient ray from the sun because of the angle of the sun hitting the earth during that time. So if you're not out there between 10 to 3, then that means sunlight's not going to give you that um, vitamin D production. And doesn't it also matter like where we live on the, how far we live from the equator? Absolutely. So essentially anything that is uh, above 37 degrees latitude, which is anything above um, Atlanta, Georgia, essentially, uh, during the winter months, those different areas really have a difficult time making vitamin D. Um, but those who are below the uh, 37 degree latitude have a greater probability of making vitamin D from the sunlight. But even during that uh, instance, those who are in the lower, say, equator region, they still are vitamin D deficient or have risk for vitamin D deficiency. Um, essentially, uh, when we're looking at foods, we will want to encourage you know, foods that are rich in vitamin D, such as sun-dried shiitake mushrooms or uh, salmon. We know that some dairies fortify with maybe 100 units, but even in that instance, it still would be inadequate. Uh, so essentially, uh, you know, I would recommend choosing a reputable brand that has good manufacturing practices and um, try to consume at least, you know, that 1,000 unit per day, up to 2,000 units per day of vitamin D. Mm -hmm. Are there any uh, particular quality brands that you would recommend? Third-party tests? Um, oh, yeah, you know, from that perspective, um, I would recommend utilizing labdoor.com. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you a very credible list of the top 10 vitamin D supplements. Um, for the most part, I, kind of, I have more of an innate feeling that most of the vitamin D that you'll get over the counter is probably okay. But if you really want to do a double check, you should check out labdoor.com. Um, they may give you a listing of products that have been checked. Yeah, excellent. And you know, for me, I mean, I've been a vitamin D fan for a long time. So when I did used to do full marathons, I would just double up. Like I usually just take 2000 IUs, but if I knew I was going to have a long run instead of taking ibuprofen, because I just want <laughs> to stay away from that, I would just take, pop on, pop in another vitamin D and I would not get sore because it also well, has great. the anti-inflammatory effects. Oh, certainly. Yeah. You know, I was recently reading about vitamin D and, um, uh, What's interesting is in relation to COVID-19, we know that there's what's known as the cytokine storm that develops where we have an increase in um, inflammation marked by CRP levels. And um, they say that vitamin D actually increases the tolerance to the inflammatory state. Ah, wow. Having adequate vitamin D is so important. Even studies have shown that for those who have an inadequate vitamin D level and they contracted COVID-19, they had more of a severe case of COVID-19 when they were inadequate in vitamin D versus those who were more adequate. And you can find a lot more information on that at Grassroots. Um, I think it's called grassroots.com. Yes, okay. That's another great website to check out. Thank you. Can we also talk a little bit more? You already touched on it, but vitamin C. I know you said yes. about 
um, 200 milligrams, you said, for the vitamin C? I mean, in addition to getting it from food, of course, citrus, things. Certainly. Yeah, if you want to supplement with a 200 milligram um, product in addition to your diet, that's fine. Uh, personally, um, you know, it's interesting. A lot of times folks may not even realize what they're getting from their diet or from like supplements or things of that nature. You got to read the nutrition facts. You're probably already getting, you know, 300, 400, 500 milligrams of vitamin C. Uh, but generally speaking, as long as you're below, I believe, 2,000 milligrams of vitamin C per day, you're fine. Um, vitamin C is water soluble. So there's not a lot of risk factors per se, except for GI distress and diarrhea or nausea, if you're going over that 2,000. Um, and some studies have even shown when uh, patients end up in the ICU for COVID-19, they're being prescribed with vitamin C at up to like 6,000 milligram uh, per day. So I wouldn't necessarily go that crazy and take that amount. Right. But uh, you know, 200 milligram per day will help optimize immunity. Um, it can help to support the physical barrier, which is the carotenoids or, um, you know, your skin cells and the collagen, et cetera. Um, so that could be a, a totally um, fine supplement of consideration. Excellent. And because I know you do a lot of reading in the literature, have you read anything regarding the liposomal vitamin Cs? The liposomals? I'm not actually familiar with that. With that um, yeah, I've in the literature that I've been reading, they say that it is encapsulated by a layer of of lipid, so that it's uh, it's better absorbed. Versus, but I need to read more more studies on that. But they they were doing some studies on those who took regular vitamin C. I mean, everybody absorbs it from supplements, but which which form is absorbed more? And so far, what they're saying, it's the liposomal, of course, not not as much as the IV ones in the hospital, but Certainly. they pay more than the, the other one. But um, I, I still need to read more on that. So I was just wondering Absolutely. if you had read anything on liposomal vitamin C. So Yeah, no, I haven't heard of that one. Um, but that's the beauty about nutrition is just um, can, can be so complex and there's so much information. Um, just, you know, thinking about us as dietitians, you know, being aware of so many of the complexities how does the layperson feel? And, and they're probably being misled, unfortunately, um, with a lot of the information that's out there. So Good point. Uh, you know, the form of your supplement, you know, your diet, all that can have a big influence. Nutrition is much more complex than, than oh. we would think of that surface. Oh, so true. So <laughs> one more about immunity. Um, when you are helping your clients sleep better or even your patients sleep better, any, any tips nutrition-wise, maybe to help them have a deeper sleep? Certainly, absolutely. I believe, you know, when it comes to uh, sleep and um, nutrition, you know, there are some interventions of consideration. Um, I think, you know, having a satisfying meal at least um, two hours, not at least, but you don't want to eat anything two hours before you, you recline, you know, due to that risk of potential GERD, as an example. Um, but generally, you want to have a meal that's satisfying, that's, you know, mixed in protein, fat, carbs, so that um, you're getting enough nutrients to feel um, satisfied in that you're producing enough, say, serotonin to get that, you know, 5-HT and, and feel sleepy. Um, also, I think uh, there's some supplements that folks consider like melatonin. I wouldn't always recommend that unless you're having a difficult time sleeping, and that could be a way to potentially... Uh, reduce the need of needing like sleep medicine uh, per se. 
I'm a, I'm a big advocate, of course, of physical activity. So if yes. you get these um, two days of vigorous activity per week, that can help to support your circadian rhythm. I think it's more so about the physical principles around you that can help support sleep, like a cool room, um, making sure that it's very dark, and uh, maybe having like a, a background noise, like a fan or something of that nature, and making sure you're putting away your electronics and technology. Uh, that's probably one of the biggest ones that we all may fall victim to, but right. the baseline principles. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. I love it. You, you're right. To sleep better, a lot of it is the, the physical surroundings. So that was very excellent that you were pointing that out. Thank you. Absolutely. So, okay. So, I mean, all of this has been fun for me to talk about with you, but I want to talk about what are you doing now? I mean, of course, we know you're, you're an Abbott rep, but you have all these extra side businesses that you're doing so well. please share i don't even know if you sleep anymore because you do so much it's amazing oh yeah certainly well thank you um you know it's all about really you know going after your passion and going after your god-given talent and also going after what god has um implemented for you like what do you feel fulfilled about yes. um, you know, i feel when working with abbott honestly i can only touch a certain number of people and talk about a certain thing, but I have a passion about other things as well, which, um, you know, I've written my book, Hip Hop Nutrition. Yes. Tell us yeah. about that, please. Yeah, certainly. So, you know, with Hip Hop Nutrition, generally, I created the book um, based upon a strategy session that I had with, with some friends. And um, I have a friend that works in the music industry, and we had the idea of putting this together because music artists, they don't really have any nutritional, say, um, leader or someone that can guide them on what things they should eat. They're eating food on go, and um, they're really not thinking about their diet. So I know personally, hip hop music has been, uh, say, a motivator for me, like while working out and also just kind of like to keep me going. It's like has good beat, et cetera. So I decided to use music and hip hop music, et cetera, to create a concept around nutrition in a different way so that people can recognize what foods to eat for health and fitness, pretty much. Mm. Um, every recipe that I've created, there's 21 recipes. Wow. There are seven breakfasts, seven lunch, and seven dinner. And when you're thinking about, say, like music and, say, um, records that people create, they usually do 21 tracks. At least they used to do 21 tracks of music. Now it's might like six, seven tracks of music, but right. essentially, I tried to design it in a similar way where there was um, like a, like an album, you know, 21 tracks, 21 recipes. So cool. So cool. I, I need to get my hands on a copy. So I'm going to have to place an order. I, I, I think you posted a few of the recipes on your Instagram, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and the pictures look so beautiful, <laughs> so wonderful that it does make you want to make it right then and there, eat it right then and there. So I'm going to get my copy. So I'm going to have to get on well, and order you. mine. Thank you. Well, there's one uh, disclaimer I'll have to provide. <laughs> okay. I, I did not make those meals personally. Oh. I, I am not a chef. That's what <laughs> it's okay. You know? we, we don't claim and, to be uh, chefs. <laughs> certainly. I actually had my cousin make those for me. He's in uh, Connecticut. Wow. I, I had him come down to Dallas and, um, we uh, use our creativity. I, I made the recipes, but 
he put them together for the plating effect. Yes, and, of um, course. Gotta be, another, gotta be teamwork. Absolutely. I have another friend that is a chef as well. He's more like a mentor, uh, Chef Ray out of Houston. And uh, he, he never says that he want, he's going to try to be like a dietitian and tell people how to eat. But he can make the food taste good, that's for sure. <laughs> there you go. There you go. We have a colleague on, on in our faculty at Loma Linda University. And so Chef Corey came to us. And he's been on my podcast, too. He came to us as a, awesome. as, as a chef. And yes, he always knew how to make food taste good, too. But then in order to teach on our campus he had to go through our program to become a registered dietitian to teach with awesome. us so, absolutely <laughs> i mean that, that's nice to have um but at least we all get to work together chefs dietitians so absolutely. what a beautiful example with you and your mentor working on Certainly. your book yes um there's no more effectiveness than um you know giving someone a diet plan and you know having them eat all these healthy foods and then it doesn't taste good. So we need to have compliance as well, you know, especially when you're working with, you know, students and athletes and so forth. Yes. So we need being the dietitian. Mm -hmm. So true. But your cousin has done a great job in the food photography and the few pictures that I've seen because food photography, photography is a whole art in itself. Oh, yes. <laughs> Certainly. Yeah, definitely. And uh, my cousin, uh, Chef Mo, he actually is uh, trained out of Barcelona, Spain. Whoa. Yeah, great, great guy, and um, very proud of the work he's done as a chef as well. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, so we know that we can get your your book, your cookbook on Amazon, correct? Yes, that's correct. Uh, you can get it through Amazon as well as uh, my site, hiphopnutrition.com. I will put all that information in the show notes for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. Okay, so what else are you doing? You've been working on your cookbook, or you have worked on your cookbook, and there are other things that you do. Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, I also have a background in exercise physiology. Um, I have my master's in exercise physiology. So I've created um, some videos on my YouTube site that um, individuals can go to while they're in quarantine to do some home body weight exercises. Nice. I'm, I'm also involved with uh, some personal training as well. Um, so I have the opportunity to work, work with individuals locally here in the Dallas-Fort Worth market. Um, those are some of the more immediate things that I've, that I've done and you know that I'm working on these days. Um, I'm a sports dietitian, so I'm always trying to be an advocate more through my social media platform. Uh, trying to help people to understand what foods to eat for performance, health, fitness. Yes, yes. I love that so much. So, James, yes. any words of encouragement, empowerment to our listeners, whether they be currently dietetic students or dietitians or anyone out there who is interested in nutrition, and, but they're, they're trying to find their passion in life? Yeah, certainly. I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's about, you know, praying to the God of your understanding so that you have direction to begin with and um, continuing to write down your interests and speaking with people that you have a close relationship with or, or having a mentor that may be in these different segments of um, the different careers that you have an interest in. And um, continuing to put the seeds down for the different areas that you'd like to pursue and coming up with a vigorous plan, uh, recognizing that it's never going to be easy 
and you have to be diligent to get through those tough times so that you'll recognize it. It should always be something where, you know, you know you're helping other people as well. Um, you know, look at, you know, what is the benefit from that perspective? How are you helping others? Um, that's personally what I have felt um, to be like the deciding factor on certain things with my passion. How does it help people, you know, and uh, what's the re return on that investment that you're putting forth? Mm -hmm. Excellent. So beautiful. Thank you. Those words are very much empowering to, to all of us. So I appreciate that so much. Certainly my pleasure. And I'm going to end with what are three personal nutrition practices that are so important for you to, to do every day or on a regular basis? Certainly. You know what? I actually wrote down these uh, three because I didn't want to forget. So for me personally, um, I try to consume a vegetable-rich meal at least twice per day. Uh, number two, I try to focus on lean protein sources at each meal in or snack. And the third thing I do is um, I actually supplement personally with vitamin D, a probiotic, um, and uh, yeah, vitamin D, omega-3 fatty acids, and a probiotic that has um, enzymes in it, as well as prebiotics. Ah, yes. Excellent. The three baseline. Yes. Of course, physical activity. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. It's very similar to mine. So awesome. <laughs> that Absolutely. is great. Wonderful. I, I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this, but what is your favorite indulgence or sweet, or even if you have this particular sweet on a regular basis, what is yeah, your you know, I really, I really have a real diverse diet and um, I enjoy a lot of different foods. Um, I don't know if there's ever, say, one indulgence per se, but I can tell you that last night I had a coconut-based ice cream Ooh, um, yum. that had, uh, let's see, blueberries, strawberries, um, pecans, and uh, almonds. <laughs> so, you know, I have that one maybe once a month. Um, I have a dog and my dog likes to have that treat as well. Oh, how fun. I love it. With the blueberries, without the other stuff in it. Um, <laughs> nice. I, I, don't shy, I don't shy away from eating some, some different things. I like to eat waffles and pancakes and, you know, some sweet carbohydrates here and there. Um, mm. It's all having a balance. Yes, there you go. You know what? I, I love it because I believe that part of the joy of life that God gave us is enjoying food. So Absolutely. no deprivation at all. That's, Mindful moderation. Certainly. That's why we became dietitians because we love food, right? It's so true. So true. <laughs> we want to pass on that passion to others. Absolutely. Okay. So I'm going to make sure I'm going to put all of your information in the show notes and or in the description section so that our listeners can connect with you. And you. what an honor and a privilege to have you here with me once again. I'm very um, in awe and impressed with the work that you've done. And I will continue to follow you and, and see where, where God continues to lead you in your career. So may God bless you abundantly. Thank you so much, Gigi. And um, it was an honor to be on this platform. And um, I look forward to connecting with your listeners and um, look, to, look forward to connecting in the future as well. Lots of takeaways from talking to James. He's got great advice for toughening up the immune system. I especially loved what he shared regarding vitamin D. 
So don't forget that and everything else he mentioned. James also reminded us to turn to God to lead us in the direction that we should go in life. Don't forget that his information is in the show notes so that you can connect with him. Now, if there are other guests you would like me to have on this podcast, or you have suggestions for topics to cover, nutrition-related topics to cover, or anything you would like to say, please leave me a message. I believe depending on whichever platform you listen to, there is a link to leave me a message, or you can send me an email at j-e-j-e-n-o-v-a-l-r-d at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Please join us for another episode. Until then, remember to trust in the Lord and eat well to live well and stay well. Music